Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Blue White Breakdown. The premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown. Brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Dustin Hawkinsmith and Johnny McGonigal. Welcome in. It's the Blue White Breakdown. Final regular season edition, I, I guess, from us, Johnny. That's Johnny McGonigal. I'm Dustin Hawkinsmith. It's Thanksgiving week. Uh, Penn State's season finale on the road at Michigan State Friday night. Um, I don't recall there's a lot of conversation about the Friday versus Saturday thing. I might have missed it uh, earlier this week, but that's always been a thing for James Franklin. I think the the bigger there are bigger fish to fry for, for him. But first, Johnny, I wanted to ask about, and he does this often where he bounces around uh, to media and ask you questions that are topical. In this case, asking three specific questions about Thanksgiving and, and your preferences. And uh, my question for you, for starters, is what is the strategy there? Does he want to uh, make it a two-way conversation with media because he thinks that's better? Does he want to run out the clock on how long he's supposed to be there? Bingo. All right, you're pointing at that one. I think that's a bingo, Dustin. Uh, I, I think that <laughs> is. I think that's what it is. No, I mean, you know, maybe part of it is just trying to be, you know, personable with us and and just try to. Uh, you know, lighten the mood a bit. And, Do you want to hear you know, door three? You want to hear door number three? And I, yeah, I think they're, yeah, yeah. yeah I think ahead. he's trying to go through two two different doors. But one is the the opportunity and the possibility of creating uh social content, creating a viral clip is a possibility. Because I already see the Big Ten Network already tweeted out some of the best stuff, including your back and forth with him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go, go ahead. I, I have one big thought on this that I want to share, but I, I I know you have something there. No, I was going to say, I mean, you know, James Franklin always says whenever he's asked about something that could have a few different answers to it, he always says it's a combination of things. Yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll lean on that. <laughs> a combination of things, right? It's, it's killing some clock, uh, you know, four minute offense, uh, if you will, uh, in a press conference, maybe generating a clip or two uh, that the Big Ten Network or, you know, Penn State Football even put out uh, a tweet with some of the, some of the answers in there. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, and, and again, too, just kind of, you know, just trying to chop it up, see what's what. Um, but yeah, the uh, the interaction with, between me and him was was pretty funny. You know, for those who didn't see, like uh, James went around and uh, you know before you asked your question, uh, it was a stock. You know, three questions. It was uh, I think it was string beans or collard greens. You were know, talking about uh, Thanksgiving sides or Thanksgiving, you know, things. I suppose um, it was. Uh, what was it? leftovers or the actual meal that was question three yeah yeah oh and there was dinner rolls and um dinner rolls or cornbread i gave him my answer and i have i actually have this what were your three because i only i only really got into the the string bean and trend the transition into leftovers so leftovers obviously was one of yours yes yeah um i actually misheard him because i just said green beans um (laughs) green beans uh, co- cornbread and leftovers. Um, and so the exchange was me saying those three, 
James Frank, and thank you for to ASAP Sports, uh, which transcribes all of Franklin's press conferences and puts them on their website. Amazing. Uh, it's very funny reading the transcript, and it's just very dry and just what is said, and there's no context around it whatsoever. Yeah, it's almost funnier that way. It's like it's like it's like he's he's announcing a season and season ending injury, and then he's talking about uh, you know turkey, and it all looks the same on the transcript. So green beans, cornbread, and leftovers. I, I like I like those choices. James Franklin, nice. Yeah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> leftovers are key. And then he said, "Leftovers that night, or leftovers that morning, the next day, all the above." I said, "All the above, but the leftovers that night after you take a nap during the Cowboys game, and then wake up and hit the leftovers. It's a pro move." And he said, uh, you know, leftovers like another plate or leftovers like a sandwich of just everything put together. And I, I'm, I'm, you know, tossing that, tossing everything on top. And so I said, sandwich. He said, yeah, I like what you're doing, John. I like what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> and again, it just, it just reads so much better just as a transcript. It's hilarious. Well, and then you doing a dramatic reading of the transcript is even another level. That's that's just that's just great podcasting, Dustin. That's what we're here for. <laughs> we're five minutes into a podcast about college football, and we're talking about you know Thanksgiving. Hey, it's, it's it's the week, right? I guess it's the week. I I, th- I think it is, and I think there's some of that with, with James too. And I, I do think that you know it helped. Like I, it's weirdly revealing when you hear somebody's responses, and I, I don't know. I wonder how much time he took to come up with those three questions. But I, I just have uh, my mind goes in a lot of places, and so people who are choosing leftovers. Um, so let's just say you make this choice before Thanksgiving. Are you just staring at everybody like a goon while the actual dinner is happening? Like how, what are the logistics of choosing leftovers over the dinner? No, you, you do both. I was, I was saying the leftovers are just better than the actual dinner. Yeah, no, no, you're still eating when the dinner's going on, but you always have in the back of your mind, you're like, all right, I can't go overboard here. I gotta, I gotta save some space. I know I'm, I'm, I'm about to sit on the couch, watch some, watch some football. As an Eagles fan, I'm totally okay falling asleep during a Cowboys game, especially this this one upcoming on Thanksgiving. I think it's I think it's a Cowboys Giants. Uh, I think oh that, that's yeah, gonna, that's gonna be sleepy. Commanders. I, I, either way, uh, it's gonna be best. It, I'm pretty sure it's I'm pretty sure it's Commanders, but yeah, Bob, Bob uh, would know. Bob would know. Um, there were there were two individuals that really stood out, and you didn't make the cut, Johnny. I'm sorry. Um, I did like how he called you, John. Um, and I did like your, I'm not personally a sandwich guy, um, on the, on the pendulum between like, let's just, let's just paint a picture of on one side, it's Corey Geiger. And on the other side, it's you with this leftover sandwich. I'm probably middle, middle Geiger on that scale. Yeah. Um, yeah. but two, two people stood out. So Mike Gross from Lancaster online, I have never thought about any of those three questions before. And it just seemed like Mike has thought about them every day of his life. Cornbread by a mile green beans by a mile <laughs> and, and whatever. I, I don't even know what the, what the other one was. And then the other thing was, and, and this is my main point about all this, and then we'll move on. Corey Geiger's behavior at this news conference was much more flagrant than when he asked about throwing the deep balls. <laughs> don't you think? <laughs> for, oh, for him, for him the, to, to picture him, everybody huddled, everybody gathered around the table and he's still, you know, working at the stove, getting his stove top together. And then I picture, you know, he's got three carrots and he's got three bottles of ranch, then them swimming in the ranch, you know, that he's not a vegetable guy. Like it is, it was remarkable. And I don't know how I mean that. 
it, it fits Corey to a T. I, I wasn't does. surprised at all. And 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 this also fits him to a T because he just stands up and he owns it. He's on. He's not a vegetable guy. It's got to be smothered in, in ranch. Everybody's like puzzled, and he's just laughing it up. Like, hey, it's what I do, and I respect Corey for that. He is. He is a different breed. He, he just tells his thing. He's unapologetic. <laughs> whether he's asking about throwing the deep ball or he's telling you about how is how he likes uh, stovetop stuffing. Which, by the way, I'm not. I'm not a stuffing guy. Like, period. I, I don't. I don't like. I don't like celeries and onions. So it's like if you don't eat those things, stuffings, yeah. not not great. This is the Blue White Breakdown. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Let's talk about football, Johnny. Yeah, I really wanted I really wanted to get into next level analysis of the food question. So we did that. Check. We're a third of the way through now. Check. Check. <laughs> um and I know uh, I'm sure this came up multiple other places, but the quarterback situation, Drew Aller's coming back presumably. You know, there's always the exit strategy. He'll probably show up on the, the two hour before as being questionable, I'm, I'm guessing. Um, but you do expect Bo Prabula one way or the other to get more opportunities. My question is, okay, Drew Aller's in there. Bo Prabula, you're, you're making an effort to get him more touches. I think he deserves that after what we saw on Saturday. What does that look like? How, how do you get him more touches? Is, is, it, is it more instances of him coming in for one play? Is it more entire series? Is it multiple snaps in a row? Like, what are the logistics of getting Bo more involved? I think it's still more like him coming in for a, a few plays and, and it just, I, I don't think they'll give him like a full series. I mean, maybe they will, um, but they haven't done it to this point in the season. And I know the Michigan state isn't good, but they've, they played other teams that aren't good uh, and they have not done that. Now, maybe you could argue that, all right, they didn't do that in the UMass game or the Delaware game or even Northwest, you know, Northwestern was a little tighter, but you know, those games, because you had Ohio state and Michigan still ahead, and you, you want drew, uh, clicking on all cylinders, um, as much as possible and in rhythm and, and taking him, you know, out for a series might derail that a bit. So maybe we see that. I, I know that Oregon state has done that, uh, with their quarterbacks with DJ, Uyangale, and then they have a young quarterback, I believe is a freshman that they, they put him in every like third series of every game. They did it against Washington too. Um, but I think it's more so, uh, yeah. And, and if, and if Drew isn't feeling right, then I think they'll have a quick trigger to, to pull him out, especially in a short week. But I, I think it's more so what we saw early in the Rutgers game was Bo getting in for, you know, a play or two. 
Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if they use him in the red zone uh, to create that running threat at quarterback because you don't want to put Drew uh, in a in a position again uh, in back to back weeks uh, again on a short week that he is put in position to get hit like that again, uh, especially with what you would expect to be a New Year's Six bowl uh, coming up in a few weeks now. Uh, you know, in, in December, I guess a month from now, and so uh, I think it would be prudent and logical for them to use Bo. In the red zone, so one of my predictions uh, was that Bo will, will score this week, and I don't necessarily think it's even going to be a garbage time thing. I think he gets in there in the red zone and, and makes a difference. A lot of people have been asking for this too, you know. And um, we had a text conversation going during the game with our uh, blue white insider um, text people, and you know, one person said, you know, with Bo Perbola, he can't just run all the time; he's got to pass. And I said, it's you can say the exact opposite about Drew Aller, pretty much. He, he's he's got to be a running threat in order to make the the pass work and you know and, and I think there there's definitely a world especially when you know both these guys are second year players where you can get two quarterbacks involved when their skill sets don't overlap if you've got a running guy and you've got a throwing guy you can you can make that work and the, the beauty of it is and what what Penn State does so well at every other position is that it gets you valuable reps valuable game reps against an opponent in a big stadium all that stuff so so Bo's picking up valuable time along the way but what it ultimately does is it creates it, it kind of helps you and builds to that flashpoint that's coming whether that's Drew Aller leaving, whether that's Bo Perbola transferring. I mean, there's going to be – this road's going to come to a head at some point. And I know it's very, very premature to get into all that. But, uh, it, you know, when Penn State's in the position that they're in, you're thinking about big picture stuff. And I'm wondering, you know, how does all the, all this play out going forward? Yeah, Dustin, I don't, I don't think it's premature to think about that. I mean, I'm sure people – uh, inside the Lash building and outside the Lash building, we're already playing out those future scenarios when they signed both Bo and Drew in the same recruiting class in the 2022 class. Uh, you know, Bo being committed first and then Drew coming in. It was a two QB class. And those are kind of the dynamics you always try to work with and, and try to finagle. Uh, and last year, Bo being the fourth string quarterback behind Sean Drew and Christian Veyu. Um, that sounds like a band, uh, Sean Drew, Christian Veyu, uh, <laughs> or, or, or like, or like a Dr. Seuss book. You should, you should write like a, like a Grateful Dead toned song. Yeah. Uh, Sean Bo and Christian Veyu. Are you whatever, a whatever. I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, it. I'm not either. I, I'm okay with them, but, uh, and I'm okay with the, the music of the era. I love that the music from, from the era, but I, I've never really been a big Grateful Dead guy. Maybe because maybe because like like James Franklin every day I'm so grateful to be alive. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> so dumb. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, th- th- these are the these are the things that you know James Franklin I'm sure has thought of. I'm sure before he got fired, Mike Yersich was thinking about it. Uh, yeah, th- this is just the reality of it, right? That you would think that coming into this year, at least too, with with the buzz around Drew and everything. Um, and the reason, part of the reason, I'm sure, why he played in ten games last year was because the expectation of him coming in as a five star player and and this uber talented kid uh, with all the potential in the world is that yeah he's not going to be at Penn State for four years he'll probably you know play ten games as a true freshman get his feet wet start in 2023 and 2024 and then probably go to the NFL and then um, if you're Bo uh, are you okay with being a bit part player or you know playing some kind of role? Uh, especially if it gets, you know, if, if they find more success with it 
um, you know, against Michigan State in a bowl game and bowl prep and then into next year. Are you OK waiting until potentially 2025 to, to be the starter uh, or would you transfer? And so I think that's, you know, with quarterbacks, especially Dustin, you know, the, the portal is chock full of, of quarterbacks especially guys who come in in a two quarterback recruiting class that kind of see the writing on the wall and don't feel like waiting anymore. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know where Bo's head is on that. You know, whenever we talk to him and drew uh, both of those guys are very similar with their messaging. And, and, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, they just both have good heads on their shoulders and they um, very eloquent and, you know, they have perspective of kind of where they are and what their roles are. And Bo always talks about, you know, preparing as a starter. And that really helped, I think, against Rutgers when he ended up having to come in uh, and, you know, rushing for 71 yards on eight carries. You know, he handled himself well, handled the moment well. Uh, so, yeah, I, it's an interesting thought, though. And and it's a thought I, I'm sure that both of them, that it's crossed their minds. It's crossed James Franklin's mind and uh, a lot of fans, too. You know, it's just one of those deals. Quarterback position always kind of brings those things up, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it absolutely does. And I think um, this is a good a good week and a good example this week of, you know, changes don't happen in a, in a rash manner at, at that spot in particular and with James Franklin in particular. With his, with his starting quarterback, he has not shown the ability. He has not shown that he's going to make a move too quick. If anything, I think you could say he could make a move, move too slow. A um, few things. So, number one, I would say. Be careful with the Rutgers breakout because Will Levis could say that. Christian Bay, you could say that. And I guess if you're saying, hey, Will Levis broke out against, against Rutgers, it's not a bad you know, model to follow if you want to be a second-round pick in the NFL. Um, so there's that. Um, in terms of being the running quarterback to the, to the starter, it didn't work out in Penn State's favor with Will Levis, who transferred. It didn't work out in Penn State's favor with Tommy Stevens, who transferred. Uh, I think Bo's different. He's a Pennsylvania guy, grew up a Penn, a Penn State fan. It, it seems like, he, you know, he wouldn't have come to Penn State if he weren't willing to entertain the idea of sticking it out. Um, I don't think he's got the same arm talent as those two guys do either. So in terms of being dissatisfied with a running role, I think Bo Perbola is less likely to be that too. So I think you might, like, I feel pretty good about the idea of Bo riding this thing out. Yeah, so do I. And it is. It's interesting though because then you continue to look to the future, and in the 2024 recruiting class, you've got Ethan Grunkmeyer uh, committed uh, out of Ohio. Another, uh, you know, he's another Brad Mendler guy. He's the quarterbacks coach from Ohio that uh, you know helped Drew uh, get to where he's at right now. Uh, it isn't funny before before the season. You would say that, and people would celebrate that fact. And now everybody's so sour and and expecting so much from from Drew that you say he's he's a pupil of the same guy. It's like, oh no! But rest assured, Grunk Grunkmeyer can play. Yeah, Grunkmeyer's good. Yeah, he he he's a good prospect, and he's another one that that Penn State got in on early. You know, it, it was before he was invited to the Elite Eleven Finals and all that stuff. So his stock has only risen um, since he committed to Penn state and since Penn state really got on him early. Uh, and then in 2025, you know, Beckham Kritza is a, uh, is a verbal commit right now in that class too. And so if you're, uh, if you're Bo and you're thinking, all right, I'm going to ride this out until 2025, you, you there's always going to be competition, right? Like regardless, you got Jackson Smolik on the roster. He's a true freshman quarterback as well as the third stringer. Um, you can't get, I guess, too, too far down, uh, the rabbit hole or the pipeline, however you want to phrase it. But um, I think for the moment right now, though, uh, this was kind of the role that Bo I, I would have expected. 
um, to some degree at least. is It's not like he expected to be splitting reps or anything with Drew. Uh, but at the same time, too, on the flip side, uh, James hinted all the way back to like spring ball about using Bo in different packages. And I don't think we've seen that enough this year. Like I agree with fans that hold that belief is that we haven't seen enough of Bo in those packages and especially in the red zone or short yardage. Cause I think the bluff was in James's words. Yeah. You know, and, and, that, and, and when, when, it, when he's really adamant about something like that, that's when I think something stinks and they didn't follow through on, on what he's saying. Like it was almost like the words meant more like it's on film now, Ohio state. You have to, you have to plan for that. I didn't, I didn't believe him. I mean, maybe that's a Yursich thing. You know, Cause we, we James say over the last week, whether there was, um, after, or I guess the last two weeks, you know, after the, after the Michigan game on the Monday after he fired him. And then even this past Monday, you know, talking about Jay Wan and Ty being co-offensive coordinators and talking again about their loyalty and, and all that kind of stuff. And like the, the, the mutual understanding between the coaches, maybe that's one where Yursich wasn't really feeling it. And James really liked it. That's why I kept talking it up. Uh, and we did see it early against Rutgers in the first game. Uh, in you know three years or three seasons that Mike Yersich wasn't calling plays. Uh, so we don't know that for sure, but maybe maybe that was a thing. And maybe we see it more and more um, you know, against Michigan State. You know, maybe we would have saw it more against Rutgers if Drew didn't get hurt, you know, a few minutes into the third quarter. So uh I, I'm I'm interested to see how this thing plays out and, and how they handle uh Friday night at Ford Field in Detroit and then how they handle uh, a bowl game. Um and you know I think it, I think those two games could tell us a lot about what James thinks about both of his quarterbacks, uh, how he wants to handle them uh, going into 2024. Uh, real quick for me, then I just want to get quick thoughts from Penn State, Michigan State on Friday. G- give your prediction. I haven't done mine yet. It's it's Tuesday as we're sitting here, and mine doesn't really matter. So anyway, um, so uh, boy, I mean, we're seeing that number nine carve and run and seeing the energy level pick up and seeing uh, what looked to me like better opportunities for Singleton and Allen really brought back shades of Trace McSorley and brought back shades of those, those couple glory years. And, you know, it just, I just wonder, you know, as you, uh, the way that they've recruited the quarterback position is literally all over the map. There's not a hardcore philosophy. I want to run and guy. I want, like, I think in, in James Franklin's perfect world, he gets a pass first quarterback who, who is capable of running. But I think we've seen, you know, there are some drawbacks to that. You know, like Sean Clifford was that guy. I think Drew Aller is kind of that guy, too. Having the guy who, who's not a liability in the run game, but not an asset either, doesn't change the game that much. Now you have Bo Perbola, you know, math really checks out when the quarterback is keeping it and running it. You're not at a disadvantage when you're on offense that way. So I, it, it just looked like that's what everybody was longing to do the entire season, but they couldn't do it. And that's no knock on Drew Aller. I think there's a certain comfort level in what Bo Perbola brings to the table with everybody, program-wide, James Franklin, everybody, versus what Drew Aller brings to the table, and you can kind of make the conversation, make, make the comparison between Christian Hackenberg and Trace McSorley at the very beginning of James's tenure. I'm not saying that that's right, but I, I think he really wants to be a diverse, balanced offense. But I think he loves having a runner, man, I, like a, a true runner, not somebody who's capable of running, but yeah. a, a running quarterback. I, I mean, I think also in terms of what type of quarterback you recruit. It doesn't help that you're going to be now on your sixth offensive coordinator in 11 seasons. Yeah, and that's a different recruit, podcast for a different day right there, isn't it? 
Yeah, maybe next yeah. week. Maybe yeah. next week. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, when when you when you're recruiting, especially these guys, you know, you're recruiting them a couple years out, a few years out from when you're going to get them on campus, and you've had John Donovan, Joe Moorhead, you know, Ricky Ronnie, Kirk Soraka, Mike Yurisich, and now a new offensive coordinator. Maybe it's going to be maybe it's going to be Joe again, uh, or or someone new, a different Joe, perhaps. Who knows? Uh, you know, that changes the, that changes the equation and that changes the philosophy. And it's tough to recruit a quarterback when you don't necessarily know, uh, what offense they may or may not be running. I mean, in an ideal world, you know, for James Franklin and Penn state, Joe Moorhead would have stayed, you know, for 10 years after the success that they had in 2016, 17. He would this time. He would this time. Potentially. (laughs) If it were to come to be. Yeah. 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 I mean, and and he went and took a head coaching job, so you can't blame him. They tried to keep the continuity going and the system similar with with Ricky Ronnie. But, yeah, I think that goes into it too, Dustin, in terms of what kind of quarterback James wants. It's kind of hard to tell because he's recruited a lot of different kind of guys. Um, and we've seen Will Levis go on and be successful elsewhere. Uh, Tommy Stevens, I mean, he started for Mississippi State you know, when, when Moorhead was there, but – uh, we'll, we'll, call it, we'll call it successful adjacent. Yeah, successful adjacent for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, and who knows who knows what's going to happen with Drew and Bo? Uh, not only this weekend, uh, but but down the line, 2024, 2025. It'll be interesting. Uh, real quick, Penn State, Michigan th- State thoughts. One one thought I would say is that um, if they are in a position to not get Drew hurt before a long layoff, before bowl prep, I think they're going to err on that side of things. But w- what do you expect to unfold here? No, I mean, I've got a Penn State win and pretty comfortable. Uh, this is a Michigan State team that's uh, – it shows w- w- when you watch them play that they're 4-7 and seven team without a head coach. That's They've gone through a lot with the embarrassing dismissal of Mel Tucker earlier in the season. Uh, it's a team that I just don't think has the talent uh, to keep up with Penn State, uh, which is weird to say with Michigan State because we've seen them over the years be uh, you know a solid program even as recently as 2021 uh, with Tucker there as the head coach. Um, but I just don't think they have the horses to keep this thing close, uh, you know, as the game goes on, maybe it's close early, kind of like a Northwestern situation. Uh, I mean, Michigan state, like I said, four and seven, they just barely beat, uh, Indiana. Uh, they needed a missed Indiana field goal at the end of the game last week to avoid overtime. Uh, so I I think, I think Penn state should win this pretty comfortably. And, uh, if drew is good to go hundred percent and he's gonna be slinging it, this is a great defense to do it against. Uh, Michigan State secondary, not great. So yeah, we'll we'll see what happens there. I mean, I think Penn, Michigan State, you know, the success the success that they had under Mel Tucker and and really hitting home runs on the transfer portal was fool's gold. And there was no time. I mean, the 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 build for what was left when Mark Mark D'Antonio left and all that stuff, it just wasn't enough time to build back up. And everybody got a, a false sense of security when they have that big year. But this is back to reality, I think, for them. Uh, a reality that I don't think they really wanted with the way that the season went. So we'll see. Penn State season finale, Friday night, Detroit, Ford Field. It was, it was talked about before the season, like, ooh, this is a good thing for Penn State. Now it's like, I feel like they could play Wednesday morning in Altoona and Penn State would be just fine. It doesn't matter when or where they play. I think Penn State's just that much better than Michigan State. We'll see if that's uh, that unfolds that way. We're going to have some time next week to marinate on some of these broader topics. You know, wide receiver separations, another one. Uh, but for now, we'll uh, we'll defer to Thanksgiving foods that we talked about for about eight minutes of this podcast, and we'll see what happens Friday night. That's Johnny McGonigal. I'm Dustin Hawkins with wrapping up this edition, finally, of the Blue White Breakdown. 
This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. <laughs>